Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International, and you are tuned into the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's his Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal. You have found the Paranomaly Zone, and tonight we were beyond excited and beyond honored to welcome to the Paranomaly Zone author, adventurer, speaker, Bigfoot researcher, and quite frankly, a legend in the world of Bigfoot, the man who captured some of, if not the most impressive audio recordings, the most impressive audio recordings of Sasquatch vocalizations ever, Mr. Ron Moorhead. You can buy Ron's books, Voices in the Wilderness, and The Quantum Bigfoot at Ron's website, ronmoorhead.com. Do yourself a favor and check those out. You won't regret it. Also, you can download the digital versions of the utterly fascinating Sierra Sounds, the alleged recordings of Sasquatch vocalizations, and you can judge for yourself. I'm willing to bet that you will become a believer. Without any further ado, please enjoy our chat with the one and only Ron Moorhead. But it's great to see you again. I don't know if you remember, Ron. Back in 2014, you first appeared on our podcast, but we were a different name that time. We were called the Alternate Route Podcast, and my... uh, Fiance Bridget and I were chatting with you back in the day, and now I'm joined by this guy right here. Uh, <laughs> Mike, yes, it's great to meet you. Thank you, Mike. Same here. Yeah, we um, yeah, the new name is Paranomaly Zone. We're still covering all things unknown, unexplained, uh, mysterious, and this is one of our favorite subjects, Ron. We just we cannot get enough of uh, Bigfoot and Sasquatch, and who better to go to? Who better to go to than Ron Moore? Who would have ever known it would have got this way uh, 50 years ago? Oh my Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing because are you, do you get uncomfortable when you're referred to as a legend in the Bigfoot field? Does that make you uncomfortable? Uh, you know, I don't get uncomfortable very easy. Okay. I, 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 you know, you guys can call me anything you want to. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Take things in stride. <laughs> yeah. I was on that uh, Travel Channel's uh, Alaska Killer Bigfoot, you know. Right. They're calling me an expert there, but I never said that. I don't, <laughs> it's hey. Trying to make their narrative come out right, you know. That's right. That's right. You know, that's 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 great that you brought that up because I, I have that written down in my notes here, I wanted to discuss that briefly, whatever you are allowed to discuss regarding that show. Oh, well, it's out now, so I can discuss anything about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, for those who aren't familiar, as Ron said, that's about uh, Alaska Killer killer Bigfoot. Um, it's about the, myster- the mystery at Portlock, Alaska, the suppo- alleged mystery that occurred. Uh, could you run us through that, uh, what <clears throat> supposedly happened at Portlock, sure. Alaska, Ron? Well, this was... Uh... Oh, years and years ago, in the 50s, actually, or 40s, during the 40s. Uh, yeah, was, supposedly this whole village was being uh, attacked by uh, 
some type of a bipedal giant. Uh, they call it different name up there, but it was Bigfoot. That's uh, what kind of relates to us. And anyway, they uh, they were dismembering people and they were killing people and people just turned up missing. And uh, they kind of uh, uh, decided just to abandon the village. They got tired of it. I think they got 30 people missing or dismembered or something. It wasn't a bear. They said they've seen it. And so they wanted me up there basically to uh, well, just orient for the film just for what they're doing now you know and uh you know i was up there a couple of days a lot of fun i mean i, I got helicoptered into this remote area out of homer alaska and uh and uh they catered to me for a couple of days and filmed me really very professionally done yeah. and, uh, helicopter me out and i got it all video to my own little camera nice <laughs> <laughs> that was fun part I, I'm a, I used to take helicopter lessons. I'm a private pilot in a regular airplane. I've owned several airplanes over my life. And so I hadn't been up in quite a while because I sold my airplanes when I left uh, left out of California and Washington. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what it is. They, they really do, I think, have something up there. I mean, uh, uh, there's, yeah, it's, when I flew over in a helicopter, I looked for, for problems or things that could have happened in that area. And, mm -hmm. They did a lot of logging there. There was uh, looked like they were just uh, cleaning up the area, but really cutting down a lot of stuff. Okay. And uh, they fishing or maybe overfishing the area. I don't know, but it also I told them if you're shooting at them, it's going to piss them off. They're going to come after you. You know, you don't exactly. need to be doing that. Mm -hmm. that. That pissed me off. Somebody shot oh, me. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying. Uh, so really, that's the story. You know, it's. Uh, so do you do you personally do you personally believe that this this went down uh what is your what is your opinion as far as being a well a, a rather violent and you know a fatalistic well, after I, uh, yeah, after, I, after i talked to these guys and they're sincere guys you know everybody said well they're bad actors well they're not actors at all they're just people out in the woods you know or in these villages and and i got to know them and uh, and i the stories they got and i read the history of the place too it's got a lot of history about this so it's not a matter of if it happened. It happened. It's just what made it happen is the question. Okay. And they were wondering if it is the Bigfoot, which they said it was. Uh, they wanted to know what I would do about it or what they could do about it to reestablish their village there so they could do fishing some more and do what they were yeah. doing. But I told them as long as you're shooting is a thing. I mean, I told them a lot of things you've never seen on the film. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> my, my opinion is uh, they were uh, they were ready to shoot at it if they just saw it. So I, uh, you know. Do you think I mean, they had the had the guy there with the gun and and they're just frightened they're all scared and right you know that's not the attitude you got to have around these things uh, if you're gonna try to interact with them or because they, they're trying to make something happen sure anyway uh, you can't make it happen you got to let it happen relax and, and try not to have your fear get in the way that's hard that's the hardest part oh, absolutely so yeah. this uh like the, the attacks and the the that killing and the mutilations, whatever, um, it, it, uh, defensive uh, from uh, whatever this is that's uh, could be causing this. Um, I don't know. You, you know, know, you don't know because no one's around that was actually there then. Mm -hmm. Seventy years ago, I think something like that. So, and, uh, just you don't know. Uh, it's, but I, I can't believe uh, I can't believe they didn't shoot at it just because. That's what you do when you see a twelve-foot monster. You know? Right. Sure. And uh, people mm -hmm. want to kill what they don't understand. Yeah, fear of the and, unknown. Uh, yeah. 
that's just the way we are by nature and best thing to do is just try to understand things and then you won't want to kill it yeah yeah <laughs> in in your in your research into sasquatch and and bigfoot and all uh, accounts that you have you know dove into ron i would assume that the majority of them are not of violent nature and that they're more of a a more passive nature would you agree with that that it's more of a uh inquisitive or curious nature for most of these encounters i would agree yeah i would agree with that i don't think they're they want to be malicious or, or attack people of course we don't know the agenda you know that's the biggest deal and, and I, right out front here i don't think they're all the same there sure. are different types with different motives different agendas i believe in aliens uh, i think all of us do if you don't you've got your head in the sandwich nowadays right. exactly <laughs> they're, they're here they've been here and they're here now and uh what they do uh, is probably out of our 3D perception quite a bit because uh, they live in a different uh, frequency. And that's where it got me into my Quantum Bigfoot book because right. uh, frequency, energy, and vibrations, how everything works. But yeah, these things, uh, I don't, uh, they're not supposed to, I think, interfere with us because we're supposed to live with our own uh, and respond to our own experiences in our own way. And uh, when you can do that and learn how to do it with compassion and love, that's you're, you're elevating your own frequency. Yeah. So that's that's how I see it. And that's what I think these things want us to do is become better people. Uh, people think they're just an ape out in the wood. A lot of researchers do. But I got to tell you, they're a lot more than that. And yeah. I think they got some attributes that, that we haven't learned how to how to evolve into yet. And uh, yeah. that is uh, being able to <laughs> change matter into uh, energy. And uh, ah, I get off watch this. Right? Your, your, your belief, so in what you're just talking there, just really parallel my own very, very closely. Uh, so I, I agree with you very much. You know, this, this subject matters and how I present it is really hitting on a lot of people positively. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm all about nowadays. You know, I'm, I'm pushing 80 years old now. And I, I, I just want what I have, what I think I know, and where I've been to relate right. to people, make it make them better researchers if, if it works with them. And, and make something coming out of this because, uh, well, all the masters of old talked about how we're supposed to love each other and care and blah, 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 blah. that's how you get better and no violence and all that. But we're killing the earth. We're killing ourselves and we're wars all the time. And um, really, if you learn how to be compassionate and, and, and respond to all your issues, all your uh, challenges that are met in your life, and don't be the... Uh, the victim and all this stuff because all these challenges that you get is really there to make you better right if you respond to them properly you know just it's how you respond that's more important than the issue itself mm -hmm. so right. if we just learn how to respond to this stuff we can uh, we can get ahead and we'll be better off and very true do you do you believe that uh bigfoot's in relation to the alien connection, the interdimensional connection, do you believe that they are here to oversee us and to help guide us to, to better ourselves? You, do you uh, find that a feasible option? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I'm not saying I know that. I just right. think that. I believe that uh, some of them are, some of them may not be, because a lot of different types of aliens have been here. <clears throat> mm -hmm. and, and I mean, over the eons of time, and they've messed with the DNA of a lot of different species on this planet, humans being one of them. Mm -hmm. and uh, primates and uh, what their agenda was when they did that. Uh, I think they're experimenting a lot, but uh, you hear a lot about all kinds of things out there. Sure. <laughs> a dog man, uh, ghosts for another. You know, that, of course, that's a different subject, but ghosts gets into 
the plasma fill the fourth dimension. That's why people see it at certain temperatures or certain atmosphere in the in that uh, in the timing. Uh, you'll they'll get on the same frequency, and you'll be able to see through that veil. Wow. And it's wow. just uh, that's my opinion too. But you know, uh, a lot of these things are seen disappearing. <laughs> I thought, well, they can nothing can disappear. Well, in quantum physics, yeah, you, we can. only see within light's perception just a certain frequencies and that's light frequency but there's so much more out there that we don't see in mm -hmm. other dimensions we don't see other dimensions it's supposed to be 11 of them according to the mathematics of physics mm -hmm. and we only live in three so can they disappear well they can go out of our perception are they really disappearing or we just don't see them but they say they they pixelated and they're like kind of like the predator effect you know sure <clears throat> when yeah. they saw them disappear they pixelated and then just gone well in my opinion, that's where they went through the fourth dimension into the fifth. And I think they can do that through their vibrational frequency. They, they've, learned how to they've learned how to manipulate their vibration. And once you can do that, you can change matter. And hmm. that's that's kind of cool. That's it's a big deal, I, and which makes me believe that they are uh, they're more evolved and more spiritually evolved than we are. <laughs> Well, they've, they've got some attributes that uh, we have, I think. We just haven't evolved. Like exactly. You know? Exactly. Because we were told, Jesus Christ said that years and years ago, you know, uh, you can do what I'm doing. And you look at, I looked at it because I was raised religiously. I'm not religious now, don't get me wrong, but I'm a spiritual, like we all are spiritual. Whether you like it or not, these spirits go on because right. energy can't die. It can only change right. forms. But uh, you get into... Uh, quantum physics you realize that there's just more going on than what you can see and and so they uh, in my opinion i because they have such an advanced vocal mechanism it's been studied by science and by professionals uh, way outside of what we can do and uh <clears throat> if they can if they can get the frequency right and get their own vibrational frequency the right place i think they can just go off into another dimension they can change their matter into energy only a lot of people say they and they showed this on that uh, Alaska killer Bigfoot too, where I said they live in trees. Well, that's the Native American lore is they live in trees mm -hmm. <laughs> and, then, and they live in two worlds. Well, you put that together and, and they can live in our world. And when they're in our world, they're subject to our rules. When they're in our three-dimensional world, they can be shot. They can, all that stuff can happen. They, have, they eat, they poop, they procreate. So uh, and I think when they step out, time don't exist as we perceive it in this dimension. It's just not there. We have time, linear time, just going through this dimensional area we're in. I think we're all here just to learn. And really, that's Absolutely. that's what we're here for, to learn and to respond to our issues the right way. So what, what do you believe is the connection? You know, like if one takes a little bit of time to do, you know, to dive into some of these uh, occurrences, some of these accounts of Bigfoot, you know, being seen or heard, a lot of the witnesses say that either prior to or after seeing or hearing a Bigfoot, they see what we refer to as orbs, you know, mm -hmm. glowing lights flying through the woods at night. Um, what is, If there is a connection there, in your opinion, what is the connection to these orbs and the appearance of Bigfoot? Well, it could be just the form of energy they're going into. Uh, okay. if, they, if they are doing that, what I'm suggesting uh, yeah, we've had orbs up at our camp a lot in Sierra Camp, and uh, when we're recording these things, you can see these balls of light. And we've had other things happen up there too, which just no answer in classical science. You got to get into quantum physics, and then it makes sense. Right. <laughs> but I was up there in 2016, and 
and we was in our tent with an open top and I seen we seen this light uh, probably about three or four foot long like a lifesaver just floating through the trees we watched it for several seconds and you don't know what to do with that you know because it's it's right there at our camp it's nighttime dark and it's not like it's flooding out blowing everything it's just glowing and that was predicted in david polite's uh, missing the the hunted missing 411 the hunted hmm. they recreated that light and did a really good job anybody wants to see what that's all about and also the, the little section that follows my 15 minute part in that dvd uh this lady who was uh, tree hunting she was up in a tree stand she's seen something pixelated going from one tree to another at the same time a bunch of kids seen a ufo down in a, in a ballpark really so there's there i think there's a connection with these lights and orbs and energy it's all energy there's so many forms of energy out there i mean there can yeah. be ghosts around you right now or entities around you right now you just don't see them but they're there i, I believe that yep yeah. <laughs> we sure do we sure do yeah it's yeah you know as listeners to our podcast know and you know and this is no joke uh ron my podcast partner mike you know he and i have been friends for several years now and he has he quite literally has lived a paranormal life it's like either he is one of those beings um that is just open to it to that other dimension how for whatever reason i don't know because i'm still waiting <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah but mike has had so many so many odd paranormal experiences do you think that some people are more open to that ron for whatever reason are they biologically made that way or what, uh, what are your they're thoughts open to it because i think their pineal gland is not calcified like everybody else's so they would calcify our pineal gland which is our third eye which receives things and, and if you can decalcify that and clean it up you'll be more intuitive you'll be more more mm. apt to mm. know a lot more things that's how remote viewing works uh, there's a lot of that going on that people don't really know about or understand but the FBI, I know two people that's been hired by the FBI to to be remote viewers. And they started that in the Second World War nice. after that guy, when the Russians, when they knew the Russians were, yep. were remote viewing. And there's something to it. I mean, these people are able to do that. And how do they do it? Well, that's what classical science can't explain. But quantum science can because we're all one, one energy that's just waiting to go somewhere else. And uh, oh. that's more important, I think, than just... Bigfoot, really. <laughs> they're here. Well, really, you know, I, I'm, I appreciate the experience I had and the experiences I'm still having, but that may be the smaller picture in this whole big picture that we're building. Yeah, one part of a big picture. Yeah, I think yeah. UFOs are a big deal. They're coming, and they're going to be more and more of those exposed. I think the media now is is kind of inundating us to the government is to inundating us to just accept them because they're. All kinds of even the cartoons have UFO or aliens right. in them. You know? Sure. And these yep. theaters you see and the theaters, all that stuff. Well, when it does happen, we won't be so shocked. Mm -hmm. They only give us what we can what we can handle. What we can handle, right. <clears throat> yep. So uh, uh continuing along those those lines, you had you had mentioned briefly there that you know you you said experiences or you know stuff that you are still experiencing nowadays. Uh to the best of your knowledge, and I'm sure you can pull it up off the top of your head like nothing, what was the last um, encounter you had with Sasquatch slash Bigfoot? Has it been a long time, or do you still have those moments? <laughs> the very last time when I 100% down and dirty at a camp in 2011, and I heard oh. him chattering, 
I heard him walking around later, uh, right by my tent there that I had set up. And mm. uh, that's the last time that I know of that I, you know, that I could really say. And I wrote about that in my book, Voices in Wilderness. Yes. My last, that was my last encounter. That, I say encounter, right? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome book. Love it. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that was, that was when I know something was, one of them was there. And I was there by myself, which is a no-no. I had someone scheduled to go with me and he backed out. So, and uh, really Scott Nelson, a cryptolinguist, and I went up there three times that summer and stayed about a week at a time, came out, took a shower, resupplied, went back up. So mm -hmm. I was in really good shape. So I was ready to go back again when Scott had to go back to his teaching in Missouri. <clears throat> and uh, I thought, I'm going to go up there again because nothing happened when Scott was there. Nothing happened that was definitive. You know, you can't really, sure. unless you can say, you know, you can't just say, well, that was a big, or you can't just say that because you think, because you didn't understand the sound that you heard. Right. You didn't know it for sure. But if it's chattering, like I know when a Bigfoot chatters, I, I heard it a lot. So uh, nothing happened really definitively, like I say, when he was there. I went back up 2011. That's when that happened with me. Okay. And uh, I was ready to spend three days, but after the first night and all that stuff took place, I I, I guess I'm ready to get out. I, my answer is there. Yeah. <laughs> They're still around. And then in 2016, when I went back in between all that too, but 2016, when I was seeing that bolt of light, I say bolt of light, it sounds like it's going fast, but it wasn't going fast. Uh, that really, uh, it really that's, excites you. Yeah, you just, I was going to say again, that's it's, something. It's a form of energy, but it was intelligent. And some of these balls that you see called orbs, if you, yep. you know, your camera can pick those up when your eyes can't. Mm -hmm. And I was up at Joe Hauser's Montana Vortex a couple of times. And one time he was caught there and we went out. He's got quite some anomalies up there. you know. Mm. But, and uh, we started flashing pictures and then look at them later and there's orbs in the pictures. And it's not raindrops. You know, yeah. people, oh, it's raindrops. <clears throat> You're flexing off a piece of dirt or something like that. Well, I blew one of them up. There's a design in it. And no kidding. It looked like a Mayan calendar, to be honest with you. Just really <laughs> complex. Hmm. And that's not a raindrop. No, I'm sorry, that's but that's just so there's something going on with those things and yeah. the forms of energy. And again, I think they're all around us so pretty much all the time. You just don't see them all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, your camera mind and uh, animals' eyes see better than we do. Like I say, we only see within certain frequencies, we only hear within certain frequencies. We don't hear ultrasound or infrasound, but it's out there. Uh, we don't smell. Our olfactory sense is not as good as a bear or a dog's. Mm -hmm. In fact, a bear's olfactory sense, they say, is 20, 2,100 times better than a human's. Wow. But you know that that's out there. You know, yes. it's, there's things that we just aren't into. Yep, we can't. <laughs> and once you, once you can get your mind open, that's the biggest deal, open-mindedness, to the fact that things are going on, there's other things happening on this planet, you'll be more apt to receive, like Mike, Mike, Mike you've been doing, Mike. And, right. Uh, I think uh, meditation is important. Uh, being still and don't try to think about things just be still and meditate and try to balance your body because your chakras have to be balanced and and i think that's when you get the heart coherence because your heart's got a brain too most people don't know that but it's got sensors just like your brain does and if your heart and your brain can get in balance and get in coherence you, you're going to have some things happen that's really good for you as long as your pineal gland is decalcified so they can blend in with it all and you'll you'll have the three parts of your body that's going that's, somewhere man get get to work try to Mike. Convince, get to work <laughs> I, I, I try to convince patrick of 
yeah, you have to have an open mind because I, I believe that he has experienced things and him and I have experienced things together, but he's got that, that, that little bit of doubt, that little bit of yeah, more uh, skepticism where, no, I'm, you know, I, it's, that's, that's, that's the key. It's, it's, it's definitely, I'm a believer. I'm an absolute yes. believer, but, uh, but I have like, I feel like I'm being held back by the, by again, skepticism and not necessarily, I hate saying logic because that makes me sound like oh, I'm being logical. No one else is. That's not it. It's just like I, I, I can't get past that. It's like I need to have the proverbial slap in my face, Ron. You know? oh, just meditate. <laughs> just clear yeah. your mind. Try to think about the space between your yeah. letters or something. You know, there's no space there. I agree. And uh, yeah, be receptive. And your brain will start filling in holes if you're not careful. I mean, mm. it does that. It can only fill in what it knows. And, and you got right. something happening that you know, I've seen a bear over there in the dumpster. Well, was it a bear? Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, your your brain was going to tell you it's a bear, which it might have been a big brother, might have been a, it might have been a uh, Bigfoot, and you uh, say it's a bear. Let's you interpreted it as a bear, yeah, because yeah, that's all you know. Your brain going to fill in the hole. It, it's it's got a word for that. Excuse me, right now, but no, it's uh, you know. Well, I want to make sure we get as much in as we can, Ron. We're already at twenty five minutes. Man, this goes by way too fast. Um, I know. Uh, <laughs> what I, um, if it's okay with you when, when we're done chatting with you at the end of the episode, I am going to share some of the audio clips from Sierra sounds. If, if I have your permission to do so, sure. uh, and let's die, let's talk about those. This started for you back in 1971. And, you know, as far as a lot of, you know, these recordings went down, uh, kind of walk us through how this started and like how you initially felt when you realized that you, your camp was basically surrounded by a family of Bigfoot. Yeah. That's a question I've had too. Like it, there's gotta be some kind of, well, definite excitement, maybe some fear. I mean, what was actually going through your mind that had to have been something else? Well, really you get up there and you're inside the shelter first of all, and you think the shelter is going to protect you, but when you realize how big these things have to be, you don't, because of doubts, but we're all heavily armed. I mean, we're not up there. It's a hunting camp, eight miles in the wilderness, 8,400 feet in elevation, and nobody's around. And if this stuff should happen outside the shelter and the, and the sounds and all, and when the guy wouldn't go back, he, he just don't go back up there anymore. It scares him, and he's very religious. He don't know where to put this in the giant thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, it, it can be fearful, and you can be fearful, but you get over that when you realize they're not going to crash in the shelter and get you. They're not going to eat you, carry you away, or nothing. But when they're arguing out there and they're talking like they talked, uh, you don't know if they're looking for the salt and pepper or what to you know, <laughs> sprinkle on you when they grab you. Uh, you just don't know. And uh, but after a while, you get complacent with it, and you hope it's happening because it gets exciting. You get uh, you get real excited, and that's that's where I was in '74 when I finally saw one really. Mm pretty good view of one when the samurai cry happened up behind me and went down towards what we think was an adolescent and a mother down below um and i got that recorded by the way uh, my second cd mm -hmm. so Absolutely. anyway um that's yeah that's these that's, these sounds are these these C i own both of those cds and i've i've devoured them i mean i've listened to these so often i, I remember when i first listened to these ron it literally blew me away and I would just, I would imagine how I would have reacted if this happened. I would like to think that I would have, you know, like you said, if we were enclosed in a shelter, you would feel safe. And if you're with friends, uh, you're with your fellow campers, um, that you would feel fairly secure. 
but I don't know. I, I, I think I would have been a little bit intimidated, and I don't know how yeah, long it would well, have lasted. You are. You are. You don't know what you're, you don't know what you're dealing with. Nobody mm-hmm. was looking for Bigfoot at the time. You know, it right. wasn't on our radar signing camp. And uh, these things may have been stumbling around there for a long time, just not recognized, you know, not, not noticed. The Johnson brothers, who've been hunting there since 58, they, uh, they may have encountered more than, and they just put it off as a bear or something else, because Bigfoot was not on their radar at all. Mm-hmm. And just so happened by accident and didn't shoot at them. They didn't come in after us. Kind of a go back and forth thing went on. So yeah. it wasn't until 74 when really I had those really cool interactions with them. I got it recorded. Yes, you did. And that was an exciting night. And that's when they started interacting with us outside the shelter. When I was, when I was outside the shelter, their buyer stove area. That was fun. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> exciting fun, you know, because you don't know, still don't know. No, in your book, yeah. um, I know in in a, a chapter six of I'm holding up the book right now for our viewers, Voices in the Wilderness, one of your books, your chapter is called Tricks and Traps. And it's it's uh, refers to your, you know, your attempts of getting a photograph, you know, getting any sort of recording of them other than audio is do you think that the inability to capture them on on picture, on cellular, or whatever you want to call it, is due to the fact simply that they are interdimensional and they are blending in and they're going in and out of views that uh, we just can't get. Good question, Patrick. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I don't know. You know, we should have seen them more often this time when we jump out of the shelter, go out and see where the sound's coming from. You don't see a thing, but it's dark, you know, moonlight maybe, but sure. uh, I don't know. I, I've questioned that because in those days we had no idea about the interdimensional. I didn't. No, none of, no guy, nobody was thinking. We were just looking for the ape out there that just hadn't been in Darwin's theory yet, you know. Mm-hmm. And like so many guys still are, but they're more advanced than that. They've got really a high level of intuitiveness. So we didn't know that. Underestimated everything we did back then was just under, even setting up the camera traps. We tried that. We'd, of a thread six foot high you know so when they come, they've been coming in of the food right there mm-hmm. and they go around the thread you know stuff like that happened and one time they they battered the cameras off the tree you know they've, wow. they've done Ooh. we've never got a picture and that's what everybody thinks we should have got well if these guys had that kind of an encounter they'd have had a picture well no it's not that easy let them it? go out and get a picture <laughs> it's not that easy <laughs> they hide uh, too well <laughs> well they hide they're they're probably camouflage artists you know exactly. i imagine Right, and if they if they can do what I'm suggesting as far as their energy goes and their matter, change the matter into energy and back again with their frequency, uh, that would explain a lot of things to a lot of people mm-hmm. who are seeing this stuff. Because I used to throw them out people about when I was interviewing with the baby water when they said they saw them disappear, or their trackways disappear. Well, is there how or can answer that? Al Berry, who had a master's in science, said, "Stay with science." If you're going to do this, well, quantum science is what answers some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, if if they can change their mass into energy only, they would their density would be nil then, and their trackways would just stop. And I used to think that somebody say their trackways just stopped, that they just were incorrect. They wasn't following a Bigfoot or something. A helicopter pick them up. What happened to them? Mm-hmm. What happened to me? My daughter had a sighting. We found the trackway started following it and all of a sudden it just stopped and we looked i looked up in the trees i looked i got the picture of that in my book yes it's like where did it go yeah where did it go (laughs) didn't figure it out so i thought well what what can make that happen the Mm -hmm. density 
If they don't have Vincent anymore with their mask, they won't leave a track. They're not going to leave a track, are they? Mm. That, but look <laughs> at that second second sec section right after me on that missing 411, which I think it's maybe free now on, on YouTube. I'm not sure. Okay. Or if it isn't, it's inexpensive now. But uh, there's a, I'm a third, there's a, well, I'm 15 minutes of theirs is just on the CR camp. Dave is the only one I've ever taken up there. He talked me into it, and I'm so glad I did because a lot of fires in California then. And oh, yeah. It was really smoky up there. We was up there a full week and nothing happened. Uh, but the two years before that light went by us and mm -hmm. there was minimal amount of people, you know, just three people were up there, me and two others. And we just, uh, uh, I didn't expect anything to happen. He didn't really expect anything to happen, but we didn't even see any animals up there. It was so smoky and uh, just... Uh, Anyway, uh, I'm glad I took him up there and let him do that. I trust him. He's a good man. Yeah. And uh, he's been a good friend. I met him in, I think, 2009 or something like that. Okay. Maybe sooner than that. I don't know. I've known him for years. Pretty black and white guy. I mean, he's. Sure. I'll tell you what he thinks. Yeah. No shades of gray. <laughs> no shades of gray. I like that. Yeah. You know, just what to expect out of somebody when there's no shades of gray. No, no, no. <laughs> Well, you know, Ron, we got like five minutes to go here. Five minutes. Oh, before, yeah, and <laughs> this has gone way too fast. I'm going to have to harass you again to get you on the podcast one more time uh, if you're up for it. Um, that We just fly through this too much. I'm trying to – Mike, do you have any final questions, any final comments? So much stuff that we need to get to, but we just don't have time. What do you, what do you well, want? Well, you, you know, in, in, in the form that I usually take on our episodes, I do have one question to ask. Okay. And have you ever seen – the movie Harry and the Hendersons, and if you have, what do you think of it? <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen it. I've watched it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way they cut the end, I love the way they came at the end where they just yeah. they blend in, they walk out. Yeah, they blend in, in. And just came off a tree, you know. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I liked it. It was fun. a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You... But uh, yeah, my website's ronmorehead.com. Thank you. I was going to yeah. ask you where people can reach you, Ron Head. Yeah, people Ron, can get you. my books or my CDs there. Uh, they're delivered through Amazon KDP. So. Well, the CDs aren't. They're downloadable. But everything's downloadable on my site, too. Perfect. If you don't want to buy the hard copy. Yeah, I, I still got the good old CDs from back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Stopped, I stopped shipping those out because I was having to pack them myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got too big. You know, to yeah. To do that all the time, every day, you're doing this stuff. Oh, that gets I'm just too busy. Gets so I thought I'll do this. Put a download in there. People can still hear the sounds, but they have to download them. And they can burn them to a CD if they want to. After that, here, oh here, okay. We got like a couple minutes left, and I want to, I want to catch you before. I want to ask you a question before we go, as um as briefly as as you think you can, Ron. Do you believe? And I think I know how you would answer this. Do you think that we, and when I say we, as human beings, scientists need to kill? A Bigfoot to have a physical specimen in order to finally prove its, its existence. No, they think they do, but they don't. Thank you. Uh, right. Now you can get enough DNA to establish that, and yet you got a lot of people out there trying to justify killing something so they can understand it. But I don't think they need protected. I was asked this last night on another program I was on, and I just okay. no, I don't think they do. We're the ones that need protecting. You know? Yeah, we're the ones that I agree. That's, uh, that need to be led into something better, understand it. But anyway, uh, I agree. Oh, you don't need to kill him. No, I'm totally against that. And first of all, I don't think you really, well, you may not be able to. Uh, Fred Beck said he shot one dead on and fell off the cliff. I couldn't find the body. And you got a lot of 
stuff like that. I've talked to a lot of people who say they've shot them, but yeah. that's just because they, they don't know what it is. They just, like I say, it's easy to shoot at some unknown thing. <laughs> yep. Fear of the fear and of the unknown, isn't it? Yeah. But if you don't know, don't understand it, kill it. You know. uh, yeah. That's just the wrong way to be. Wrong it's a opinion. sentient being. We can't, we can't, we can't it kill is, it. It is sentient. And yeah. that's very important to understand. They have a language and that's been established. And I mean, Dr. Lieberman, here's one right quick. Oh, you're out of time, aren't you? Right quick, bro. Let me say this. Yeah, go Figure ahead. Somehow. <laughs> Dr. Lieberman at Brown University says only humans have the vocal mechanism for language, which means a hyoid bone connected to the tongue through the nervous system into the brain so I can talk to you like this in a sapient manner. Right. These things have that, yet they're outside the human range. I had a linguist from the UK, which was on uh, uh, Wes Germer's program. Um, and she, uh, I talked to her personally and zoomed back and forth and she said, when, she saw one 20 feet away and saw her and screamed. And when he screamed, his neck swelled out. Really? And yeah, and that goes right in with Dr. Meldrum's statement. Maybe they got air sacs, you know, because some of those sounds we get recorded sound like they're holding sure. a microphone, but they weren't holding the microphone, you know. That's, uh, uh, that's But they got air sacs that, that allow them to really protrude their vocal microphone. She said so loud when they did that. Mm. And uh, that that's is... a good, it's an episode uh, 515, I think, in West Grimmer's. Uh, Sasquatch Chronicles. I wanted to plug that because it's really, it was phenomenal to me. If you get that going on, I like the air sac idea because a lot of primates have remnants of that or have that, like the howler monkey. You know? right. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yes. Perfect example. Well, mm -hmm. Ron, Ron, we cannot thank you enough. Again, unfortunately, this flies by too quick. Um, we're signing off for now, everybody. Hold on, Ron, if you can hold on for like one minute. Thank you again, Mike, for joining us. This has been an absolute oh, pleasure. Absolute pleasure and an honor, Ron. Good no, you, Mike. no joke. Thank you too. No joke. Honor. It's been an honor and a privilege. Uh, until next time, boys and girls. Mike, what do they have to do, my friend? Just simply peace out. Rain for night, Bill.